The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for how well you know each of us and how kind you are to us. And we count eggs and grits and bacon as part of that kindness, so thank you for them. We ask that you would bless, uh, bless us now as we open your word, open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts. That we might see uh, afresh how dearly, how kindly uh, you care for us. And we pray, Lord, that our spirits will be lifted and risen. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we are today looking at John chapter 11, uh, which contains the shortest verse in the Bible. Too bad. So we, I can remember a time in... Um, in high school, I was involved in a Bible study, and we had there was some comp- competition or something like that. How who could learn a Bible verse the fastest? And somebody came up and said, "Jesus wept," and they were done. They uh, were like, "Come on, man!" That's the whole verse. That's the whole verse. So this is John 11 uh, t- tells us about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, you can imagine that uh, lots of people trying to get PhDs have uh, seen this with some skepticism. But, um, but actually, uh, there is much to mine, uh, particularly just taking it at face value, um, to see uh, not only the particular care of Jesus to Mary and Martha, let, let alone Lazarus, but, um, but also the foreshadowing of His own death and resurrection. So John walks us through the context, the emotion, and then the event. Uh, The context, the emotion, and the event. So we want to just take a look uh, this morning. This is a familiar passage to many of you. Uh, Particularly, uh, this is the passage that is read the most, in my experience anyway, in funerals. Of the gospel passage that's read the most. A lot of times, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. But I think this one is even more common, commonly chosen. I'm the resurrection and the life. But there's actually much, much more to this passage than just Jesus' interaction with Martha. Now, that, that is a significant and important part of the, the passage. But it, there's, there's a lot more to it. And it gets me all emotional. Actually, it was just the bacon. All right. Um, so let me read verses 1 through 16. And, um, and we'll start there with the context. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. Now, what's interesting about that? Because we don't hear about Mary doing that until the next chapter, chapter 12. But John would have just known, this, this, his audience would have been familiar already with this story. So it's out of order a little bit, but, but interesting. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 
And so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. You're going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these, parenthetically, fairly strange things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's just fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant uh, taking rest and sleep. So the, then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, famous as the doubter, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go also, that we may die with him. Dun, dun, dun. So, Bethany was a little village. It was very near Jerusalem, uh, less than two miles outside the, the city walls. I, I've not been to Jerusalem. Incidentally, there's a very good chance that we're going to have a group going next February. So if you're uh, excited about that, um, ask Sissy Barker more about that, or you can ask me. I'm still working on some of the details. I think I'm meeting with her this week. But I've not been there. I imagine, however that uh, they're pretty much just the same place now. They, they've just kind of grown into one another. Um, and they are distinct as tourist uh, options, but not as uh, metropolitan options. So Bethany's very near Jerusalem. This is Mary and Martha uh, and Lazarus. We've seen Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. Uh, they seem to be have been a, a, a prominent family. Uh, not, not poor folks, but um, well-to-do. We see that in uh, Mary's, uh, the anointing with breaking this you know, very, very expensive alabaster uh, jar, anointing him with perfume. Uh, we see also because so many people have come from Jerusalem to mourn with him. It wouldn't have been a, um, uh, unusual for people to come, but it just seems like there's a lot of people. They, they just seem like a, a prominent uh, family. Luke chapter 10, that's where we see uh, Martha and Mary. Martha's in the kitchen and Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Do you remember that story? And and Martha goes, Jesus, get her to help me. I'm making bacon and eggs. And, um, and, and Jesus says, no, she's chosen the better portion. You're worried with many things. And she waves a spoon, wooden spoon at Jesus and then huffs back into the kitchen. Um, anyway, Jesus is very, very close to these women. And um, again, just speaks to the dignity, the, the priority that he gave to the women. Um, and Luke always really highlights that. We're in John, but Luke always hi- highlights uh, Jesus' care for the disenfranchised. Um, so interesting, isn't it, that Jesus waits two days. He hears, uh, they send word to Jesus, wherever he is. There's de- scholarly debate about where he is. He, um, but wherever he was, they, they knew how to find him. They sent word to him, the one you love, Lazarus, is ill. Jesus says, this illness does not lead to death. Well, yes it does. But, of course, what he means is this is not going to end in death. And um, he displays this supernatural knowledge because he knows exactly what he's going to do in Lazarus' death. This illness is for the glory of God, says Jesus. Much like when we saw the blind man and the disciple, he was blind from birth, and the disciple said, who sinned, this man or uh, his parents, uh, as if he had sinned in the womb. We don't know how they knew he was blind from birth. Maybe he was deformed of some kind. 
And Jesus said, nobody sinned. This is for the glory of God. Again, it says something uh, to us about God's foreknowledge, even allowing us to go through very difficult things, grieving uh, things. He's, Jesus is completely in control through this whole situation. And it seems that He intentionally lets Him die in order to make the statement that He's the resurrection and the life. Not that the, He points us to resurrection or that through Him we will be resurrected, but actually in Him. He is the resurrection. That is the point. So, He says this fairly strange thing because He says, alright, two days later, can you, I don't, I'm just trying to imagine what those two days were like. He, you know, He's ill. The disciples are getting kind of jumpy. You know, they're getting kind of antsy. What are we waiting around for? This, this is good. They sent all this way. They sent these people to tell us he was ill. You know, what is going to happen? He must be really, really sick. Jesus doesn't think he's going to die. Jesus says, oh, let's, let's go to Judea. And they say, are you crazy? So they want to go. They don't want to go. Their the disciples are all in a snit. And they say, uh, you, they were just trying to stone you. Now, what, what's happening is, is Jesus was talking, this is John chapter 10, that He and the Father are one. He says, I've done all sorts of good deeds. Which one are you stoning us for? He said, we're not stoning you for your good deeds. We're stoning you because you said you're equal with God. And so, uh, and He sort of just kind of slips through the fingers and, and heads on, and He goes off to where John had been baptizing. That seems, so down by the Jordan, that seems about where He was when they found Him. Anyway, so He makes His way up back. Uh, waiting uh, until Lazarus died. The whole point, he says, is to strengthen the belief of the disciples in anticipation. Now, we didn't say this part, but we can uh, we can extrapolate, we can uh, make this conclusion. It's in anticipation that their faith will be strengthened uh, during his own death and resurrection, which is actually coming very quickly. So, um, we, then we, we're... I wonder how you read Thomas's declaration. Alright, we're going to Jerusalem. Let us go with him so we can die too. Is he being courageous? Or is he being sarcastic? Sarcastic. That's what you say. Anybody courageous? I think courageous. Gina courageous? Anybody else? <laughs> I don't know. I've always read it as sarcastic, but lately I've been thinking that's probably just because I'm sarcastic. So, um, so I'm probably, but you know, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard people say it both ways, like, "Oh, great, you know, here it comes." This is Thomas, who just needs everything just so, right? He just needs everything just so. I'm not going to believe if I don't see his scars, and he needs everything just so. He's the one who says, uh, in just a few chapters, he'll say, "Jesus says, you know the way to where I'm going." He says, "We don't even know where you're going. How do we know the way?" And Jesus says, "I am the way." Thomas. He would have been an engineer, something like that. You know, he just an accountant. He just needs it all lined up, eyes dotted, T's crossed. Okay, so um, I think he's being. I think he's probably in the middle, and that's a good Anglican, uh, a good Anglican response for you. In the middle, he's kind of in the middle. Um, all right. So what we see—that's the context. Uh, then we we see the emotion of it. It's very. It's a very emotional story. Um, we see the emotion of Martha, then we see the emotion of Mary, and then we see the emotion of Jesus. It's a really, it's actually a rare look into his. Uh, uh, we see his heart all over the place in the gospel, but this this is unique. This is unique. So when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days, longer even than Jesus was going to be in the tomb. 
Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met Him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if You had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Interesting, she doesn't actually answer his question. I mean, you have this back and forth. It would have been so interesting. I think if we lived in that time, it would take a while, even if we learned the words of the language, to get the nuance of the language. They don't talk like we thought. They don't think like we think. So, well, let 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 me keep going. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. This is Mary now. When Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him, the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. And when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. All right. So Mary and Martha, obviously they're grieving. Their brother has died. Now it's been a few days. And they say the exact same thing to him. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They trust Jesus' ability. They've seen him. They've heard of all the stories. They've been there probably when Jesus was healing uh, other people. They know that Jesus could have healed him. They also know that death is final. When, when Martha says, even now I know that God will give you whatever at, uh, He'll ask you, or you'll ask Him, I don't think she's saying, wink, wink, why don't you raise Him from the dead? She, she thinks she's saying, I still trust in you. I'm mad at you, but I trust you. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. They both say the same thing. Martha gets teaching. Mary gets tears. Isn't that interesting? He doesn't say to Mary, oh, listen, I just went through this. Let me tell you what I told Martha. (laughs) Mary's Mary's not going to get it. She doesn't want to hear that. Martha didn't want tears. She needed answers. Now, some of you are Martha and some of you are Mary, right? Probably more of you are Martha than Mary. Let's just be honest. Martha gets teaching. Now, notice that Jesus has a particular knowledge for each of them and knows exactly what they need. And that's what He gives them. Um, Martha says, I know that my brother will rise on the last day. So she is exhibiting a belief 
that Jesus, I mean, that would have been very common among the the Jews at that time, not among the Sadducees and the ruling party, but among the Pharisees and, and the, um, I don't know, more traditional Jewish party, that they, um, they believed that there was a resurrection on the last day. At the last day, whenever that was going to come, uh, that they, everyone would be resurrected. It was a general resurrection, not a specific resurrection. They weren't anticipating uh, Jesus' resurrection. We saw that at, on Easter morning. They, they went looking for a funeral, right? But they did believe in resurrection. They believed on the last day, whenever that was going to happen, into the world, uh, linear time, God was going to raise up uh, everyone. It's kind of ambiguous, isn't it, that when Jesus says, uh, your brother's going to rise again. Like, I mean, it's, it's understandable that she didn't get it. Like, he's kind of being ambiguous. But he's pulling her in so he can say, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he live, uh, excuse me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Very pointed. What is Jesus saying when he says, I am the resurrection and the life? What, how do you understand that if you're reading this devotionally or you've heard this at a funeral or whatever, how do you understand when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life? Have you thought about it much? What, is it, what does Jesus mean? He's the only way. Okay, I can go there. What else? No one else is going to be resurrected. Well, no, yeah, so well, he's, Susie said no one else is going to be resurrected, but Martha would have understood they were all going to be resurrected. And she wouldn't have understood that Jesus was saying, I'm going to be resurrected. So what else is He saying? He's the only way, yes? He's the beginning and the end. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, sure. He's the beginning of the process of resurrection. The first fruits. He is salvation. That's a very concise way to say it. It's kind of a strange thing to say. If I said to you, I'm, I am the resurrection, you would, well, you should fire me. But uh, you know what? Because I'm not. But what, what is, um, what, it, you wouldn't really probably know what I was talking about. Say, show me. Show me. Yeah, there. Thank you. That's, that's very good. Say, show me. Yes, Rick. Well, you, say, you say they believe that resurrection was going to happen at some point. That, that's a resurrection is a noun. Um, Jesus is saying, that's me. I am that. Yes. That, that time that you're thinking of, that's, that's what I am. Yeah, so Jesus said, I am that future time. So this is one of the I am statements of John, you know, that he's, I am the bread of life, I am the um, light of life, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's a lot of life, but he, one of his I am statements um, is a declaration of his own divinity. But Rick said that what he is, what he's saying is that, um, that the, the thing that you think is far off, that's me. Like, I'm, I'm the end, like uh, Paul said. So, you know, it's something to really think about, because we can kind of skate past it when we're uh, listening to this at a funeral. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection. In other words, there is not going to be resurrection for anyone except through me. Just as he would say in uh, a few chapters, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. No one is resurrected. Except through me. I have the power over death because I am 
the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I don't think he is saying, uh, he's re-emphasizing that re- resurrection and life are the same thing. I, don't, I think those are complementary things. He is the resurrection and He is eternal life. And you'll have resurrection. Given resurrection, you'll have eternal life. I think that's what he's uh, saying, that, that, that he is those things. And whoever lives and believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Again, very comforting at funerals, but what does it mean for you on a daily basis? It is, he's saying that as you live in Christ, as you get, have given your whole self to Him, as you see that you've wandered from Him and come back to Him, as you make Him the center of your life over the course of your life, you can trust that you will have eternal life. You can trust that you, you can face your own death without fear. You can bury your loved ones without fear. Of course you're going to be sad. Because they, they you know, you, I think if I were to die right now, I, I don't have any fear for me, but I'd be afraid for my family. You know, I, you know we've got to... So there's a, there's a sadness, there's a fear like that. They would be sad because I, probably, hopefully, uh, because I um, would, you know, I'd leave a hole. You know how that goes. But the, um, but the, the, um, the truth is that we, if because Jesus is the resurrection, because we live and believe in Him, we can face the end without fear because He has the power over it. Another thing that means is that you will not die before your time. You, you don't have to be afraid. Now, I'm not saying being re- be reckless because you might find your time sooner than you think. I'm not, I'm not saying... But, but you don't have to, to... You are in His hands. And you are not going to live one minute past the time He wants to call you home. And you are not going to live one minute shorter than the time He wants to call you home. You can have confidence uh, in that. Well, Martha says, I know my brother's going to rise. He said, I'm the resurrection. Um, there's no resurrection. Uh, no eternal life outside of Jesus. Do you believe this? He says to Martha. It's a pretty pointed statement. In the midst of her grief, but remember, she's, she's, she's one of those folks that starts with her head and then moves to her heart. I'm like that. Some of you start with your heart and move to your head. Amy's like, more like that. And so, um, so Martha says, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, um, and who is coming into the world. That's, isn't that a funny thing? Who is coming into the world? Like, he's, he's, he's standing in front of her. And yet, he, she said, it, there's a continual coming. Because we will all be resurrected. He will always be with us. There's a Holy Spirit will be carried. So there's a, there's a really dramatic, sort of, almost prophetic nature to what she's saying. But, but nevertheless, it is a statement of belief in the face of grief that she did not want. At this point, still, of course, she doesn't know that Lazarus will be raised. So Jesus really knows Martha and really knows what she wants. Martha goes back, says the teacher's calling for you to Mary. Mary gets up, comes out, marries a more gentle spirit. She says the same thing. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. They, they, you know, the, the girls, they've been talking at home, right? And, you know, you can imagine this couple of days. I mean, where is Jesus? We call for Him. He, if He had been here, Bubba wouldn't have died. So, um, and it says... Um, let me find the place. 
if you, when Jesus saw her weeping, so she's speaking and weeping, she's weep, um, speaking through tears, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. We see that, mo- that word again, deeply moved, in just a few uh, verses. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. That word that means deeply moved, it doesn't mean he was sentimentally touched, it means he was furious. He was agitated. He was irritated. He was angry. Well, he's not angry at Mary. He's not saying, y'all are so emotional, cut it out. I mean, he's not saying that because he weeps. In fact, he's so angry that he himself is moved to tears. We never see this anywhere else in, in all the Gospels. Jesus crying in this way. He's weeping. What is he angry at? He's angry at death. This is not the way I created the world. Look at the heartache that is causing in the people that I love. I created this world for life, and sin has brought death into the world, and I'm furious at it, and I have come to trample it down. Don't you want a Savior who has come to trample down death? Who looks at death and says, This is not the way it's supposed to be. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who lives and believes in me, even though he dies in this world, because I hadn't come back yet, the plan hadn't been fulfilled, even though he dies, yet shall he live. That this is, this is not the end. And to prove it's not the end, to prove that I have the power over it, let me show you what happens. So we see the emotion of Mary, and we see the emotion of Jesus. He's furious. He's furious to the point of weeping, not just sort of you know tearing up like he's blubbering. He's ugly crying. That's, that's the word. He's ugly crying. That's the New Living Translation. Um, and, um, and then we see the uh, event itself. Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Where do, what does that remind yeah, you? Yeah, that's uh, beep, beep, beep. You know, foreshadowing there. Jesus said, take away the stone. Amen. He just, he's setting it up, teeing it up for us. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. I guess so. Does anybody have the King James Version in front of them? Right in front of you right now? Read what it says, Paul, that verse. Uh, that is... Um, yeah, 39, is that right? Oh, that's the King James says there's a stench? Somewhere it says stinketh. He stinketh. That's what I was trying to get at, yeah. But Lord, he stinketh. <laughs> awesome. I don't know, maybe, maybe I got it wrong there. But uh, yeah, he stinketh. That's, that's my favorite. Anyway, um, and Jesus says, I ain't worried about his stinketh. Uh, y- y'all stink. All right, now um, he's been dead four days. He's decomposing, you know. And and didn't he? Said, Jesus says, "Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God?" Now remember, just days before he had said, "He's not. This is not going to end in death. He's sick because of the glory of God." So they took away the stone. You imagine the hesitation. 
And Jesus lifted up His eyes and said, Father, I thank You that You've heard me. And I knew that You always hear me. But I've just said this on account of the people who are standing around. That they may believe that You sent me. That's what this whole thing is about. I'm doing this so that the people will believe in anticipation of His own death and resurrection. When He said these things, He cried out with a loud voice. Can you imagine what that would have sounded like to everybody? Are you crazy? This man has lost his marbles. Lazarus, come out! And then he came out! (laughs) I would have, um, well, I'll just say I would have screamed, and that probably would not have been the end of the story. Um, The man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips. He was a mummy! Like he was, (laughs) I know. He came out and they took off the strips unbind him and let him go. I mean, isn't that a great picture of salvation? We're unbound, we're released, we're out of death into life. Just an incredible picture of salvation wrought in the, uh, in the actual resurrection of Lazarus. Now, I want to be careful because Lazarus died again. So, um, some have said this is not a resurrection, this is a resuscitation. Someone said, no, it's not a resuscitation because that's like CPR. You know, this is that, isn't that, this is a resurrection. But anyway, I don't know what you want to call it. He died, he rose again, but he died again. Lazarus didn't, wasn't raised to defeat death. Lazarus was raised to prove to everybody watching and to us that Jesus defeated death. And then Jesus, when he was resurrected, he did not die again. Somehow, I saw a, uh, I saw, this is the silliest thing. It made me kind of sad. It maybe it was kind of funny, but I saw a bumper sticker. But I think it was just on Facebook. But a bumper sticker that said, "If Jesus had had a gun, he'd still still be here today, <laughs> <laughs> or still be alive today, or something like that." He is alive today. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. He had a gun. He is alive. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting political. Um, the uh, if uh. Jesus is alive. That's, that's the whole thing. And, and so, um, so what he is doing here is he is saying to everyone that I, he's, Lazarus is the illustration that he is the resurrection and the life. And Lazarus becomes a picture of, of you and for me because we who are dead in our sins and trespasses are made alive forevermore. The old is gone, the new has come. You're a new creation in Christ. Not only that, but you can trust that when you uh, come to the end of your days and you're in the home or whatever it is and you're in hospice and you're going uh, to be with Jesus and you see that uh, angel. Have you been with people and they, they, they get visitors? Have you seen that? It's amazing to watch. I, mean, I, believe, I, I believe it. And, um, and then Jesus comes and they go home. And you can know that when that's your, it's your turn to be in that place that you're going to go with Him. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Today you would be with me in paradise, he said. Imagine if oh. he didn't say it, that he named Lazarus, come out. Yes. If he just, that's the name of the language. He just said, come out. Yeah, how many? Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's the people. I don't, you know, when, when I die. If someone, I'm going to go be with Jesus, but Jesus was there, so Lazarus, it was better for Lazarus to come out from the dead. When you and I die, isn't it better for us to stay dead? You know, like, we're going to be with Jesus. Uh, we're, we're alive wherever Jesus is. But Jesus was there, so it's better for Lazarus to come. 
uh, to him. Yes, Katie. Yeah, well, you were talking about how uh, people might still to this day say it's just a resuscitation. Yes. But that's the purpose that Jesus purposely stayed those extra days and before he left to go to Bethany. Yes. It was just so all the people's testimony would be no, he was dead, he was buried, he didn't lay a hand on him. All he did was say, come out, and he was alive. Yeah, he spoke to him. He said, you know, he reached down into death, spoke into death. And, so uh, why didn't the leaders, they had what? to believe. Well, no, actually they didn't. They, in fact, it was, this was the straw that broke the camel's back, is what, what your book says. Um, because they didn't, it's not that they, they didn't take the time to believe. They said, people are going to follow this guy now, especially as he raised this guy from the dead. We've got to kill him. I mean that was that was the whole. This was the this was it. They said we we can't have this. Okay, but he, beside he, the leaders, the people. That the were people there, believe. It yes. It was like they were discounting that they could be have any valid validation to what they saw. Ah, you just you think you saw that? You didn't really see that. Well, that's why it's four days. I mean, there's there was a there was a Jewish belief actually um, that I read about and, uh, that said that. The spirit hovered, and this was sort of isolated. Not everybody believed this, but the spirit hovered over the body for three days, and then departed. So that's the significance of the fourth day. Um, that only Jesus could, have, only God could have, could have called him back to life. The purgatory. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, in a way, that's the three days where they wait. Yeah. The, so ML was talking about um, purgatory as three days where they wait. I, I actually, I'm not prepared to. I don't know enough about that doctrine, but um, I don't really think we are in, in purgatory uh, at all. But the, um, nevertheless, um, I think the important thing for us to see here is that Jesus uh, has the authority. And so I, I, that's, that's really, I, mean, I don't have a, a much more profound thing to say than that, that Jesus is the resurrection and life. You probably could have just read that yourself and then talk with your, amongst yourselves. But, um, but, but, I hope what you hear is the assurance that as Lazarus was resurrected, so will you be resurrected to eternal life. So, last thing. Did you have your hand up? No? Okay. God bless you. Any other comments? Questions? Whoa! Judy. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, Judy asked if, according to her understanding, that Jews today don't believe in any sort of afterlife. I have, I will tell you that I don't know that for sure, but I've never heard that. I, I think they. I was under the impression they did still believe in a general end times resurrection and life with God. So, but I, I again, I'll have to look that up. I'm not. I don't have the authority on that. And last thing, yes, Ellen. Was he troubled with the Jews who were there? No, I, I know it actually says he. They were crying. Oh, I think he, he was. Said, empath- oh, he loved him so much. So really, the Jews didn't get it either. And I just wondered. If I think he was. Empath- I think he was empathetic. I think you. Yeah. I think he sees their grief, and it. He's sad with them, not okay, at so them. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Because I think the rest of the <coughs> I mean, the Jews 
believe that a general resurrection for right. everybody. Jesus, when he said that, I think, made it personal. It's an individual resurrection in life for those who believe in me. And that right. kind of might have cut into what they thought, thinking there's just a general resurrection, you know, for all those who believe in God. Well, and for us, of course, there is a general resurrection. We're yeah. resurrected to eternal life right. until Christ comes back, and they will all come with him, right. generally. But they missed, you know, Jesus was kind of adding the individual thing to right. make it more personal, maybe, for all of us. I think so. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.